Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, moms, dads, parents, and guardians, I am back here with you again one more time with Sister Garcia. She's here to continue her discussion, and she wants you to know that you can be your credible self. And it's how she describes her attitude toward empowering others. Sister Garcia, for the past 35 years, has navigated through domestic violence and vulnerability and has emerged with a positive mindset that helps her endure personal adversity and adverse elements in life. Her personal mission is to help others in transforming their survival of domestic violence into post-traumatic growth and personal development. So without any further ado, one more time, here is A. Garcia. Sister Garcia, thank you for being back with me one more time. I really do appreciate it. It's my honor. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) You know what? You started to touch on kids watching. And as traumatic as it is for, and horrible it is for the uh, victim of domestic violence to go through all of this, there are are households and, and situations where there are kids that are watching. All of this go on. So let's talk a little bit about that. How can you help my moms out there, single moms that may have gone through this? And and there are some men that have gone through this too. How how can you help them help their kids have a healthy emotional uh, appetite for life after experiencing all of this tragedy? So that's a very loaded question because children go through, (laughs) yeah, because children go through stages in life, right? Like what I would tell my, you know, adolescent versus what I would tell my teenager is way different. Right. Um, But because I've been through both, (laughs) all of that, I can, I can definitely share my personal um, experience. Let's talk talk about the child and let's talk about the preteen and then we can get to the teen. So if you got somebody that, uh, if you got a child that's not quite yet in their uh, tweens, uh, you know, let's talk about them. Yeah, definitely. So um, the first thing that you should absolutely do is validate their feelings. Sometimes children will mm-hmm. will just shut everything off and become an extreme introvert and because they're trying to mentally figure it out, right? And that means that 
it could mean that they're feeling alone, unsafe, not knowing where they can be vulnerable and feeling like they just are stuck by themselves, mm. dealing it, dealing with it by themselves. So I am a strong believer that nobody knows your baby better than you as a parent, mother or father, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have that bond, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so asking them the questions, you know, how do you feel? What did you see? What are your thoughts? And ask them, do you have questions about it? Really try to extract as much information from them so you know exactly where their viewpoint is coming from. This will allow you different segues to respond. And this may sound cheesy, but listen, when I did that with my kids, I would sometimes just jot it down because I don't want to interrupt them in oh, answering boy, something right so away. Good. Journaling. I love it. Writing stuff down. And you know, when you're writing it down, they know that you're listening to them. Okay. It's not just going in one ear and out the other. They're telling you, you're writing it down. You're focused on them. And and that focus just can really open a child up. Yes, it does. It really does because they're finally feeling, I don't want to say finally, because they're at a place feeling validated. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're listening to me while you're writing it down. And then this way you're not interrupting them and you're remembering what points you want to hit back on when they're finished expressing themselves. Right. So they not only know that they're heard, you're making sure that you're going back and you're hitting all all of those major points and answering their question and validating what they what they see, what they're feeling. And man, this has got to also open doors for them, not only talk to you about tragic things like this, but just talk about what's going on with school, what's going on when they're out in the community. You, You made yourself a safe harbor for your kids. And it should be like that. That's right. And that's right. And here's the, here's the beauty about it, right? You could spend say every other day for a week or two talking about the same topic, engaging your child, right? Because you can ask them certain things about, like you said, what's happening at at school. What about the online bullying? Like having them more aware of what they're seeing in their environment, other places that they go, number one, so they don't feel like this is just happening to them. Number two, they can see that it comes in multiple forms. For me, every single thing is a learning teaching moment. I I do it all the time. Still to this day, my kids are grown. They hate it. I don't care. (laughs) You know, and, and one thing that I, that's really important that I want to say in all of this, and I'm guilty. So that's why I'm saying this. This is a, this is a lesson learned from a mistake that I made. There were times that my children said things to me that I took personally and I became defensive and they felt attacked opposed to heard. And so it's really hard to not take it personal when it's your kid and you're doing everything in your power to do, provide, give, make. And then they have some, you know, some twisted freaking like (laughs) point of view that they're expressing. Right. But understand that they don't have the capacity to understand what we are going through. They don't No, And when they put it in the word sometime, uh, 
they don't you have get offended. Color. Right. <laughs> and and sometimes it, it can come across rather brash, it can come across rather hard. And uh, I've been guilty of, of that too. Uh, we forget that 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 seven-year-old is seven-year-old, is seven years old, that 10-year-old is 10 years old. The 12-year-old is 12 years old, 16, 17, even your young 20-somethings, you know, they may say something, but there's a lot of life experience that they don't have yet. You know, when I was in my mid-20s, you know, I remember in high school, my, my dad don't know what he's talking about, this, this, that, and the other. But then when I got my mid-20s, I was like, you know what? My dad was a genius because <laughs> I, I'm out there living in the real world, going through things. and so, You know what? He said it would be like this. And he said it would be like this, and, and, and I'm just like amazing that the man was a genius, but I could see it then. But as a child, you know, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, but then when I finally became a man, I put aside childish ways. Right. And we 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 have to be there for our kids to. But but we have to also, like you say, be vulnerable and hear that dads. Yes, we have to be vulnerable too. You can be a little bit vulnerable because you need to hear your kids out because there could be that one critical thing that happens in their life that they don't tell you about that leads to them getting seriously injured or hurt or going through some tragic experience they didn't have to go through if they felt safe enough to bring it to you. That's right. That's right. And, and you rather be offended a little bit, get over it, so that when that what type comes, they're bringing it to you, and you can speak into their lives and let them know that you know that you're there for them, that you can and always will be there for them. Yeah, regardless if you like what they're saying or not, you accept it, right? Well, well is- I'm sorry. Let me retract that because I don't I don't say accept it. I say respect it. You don't have to accept, but you need to respect. <laughs> right, because, you know, uh, as they mature, they're going to see things a little bit different. But now let me, let me ask you this because uh, we, we're going to run up against the clock, but I, I just have to know uh, – going through all this tragedy that you've been through and raising kids. And so you're trying to deal with this, all this tragedy and all this pain. And then over here, you're still trying to raise your kids. You're trying to get them off to school on time, meals fed on time, homework, uh, school-related activities, all those different things that you're trying to manage and you're trying to balance as well as dealing with this pain. So how can, you know, my mom, single moms and those dads out there that have experienced uh, domestic violence, how can they balance their schedule and still have some time for them? Because you have to recharge. (laughs) Yes, you do need to recharge. And this is also like, depending on how old your kids are, right? I mean, I can go through some stages. Obviously, for babies, there's not much you can do other than schedule it in between their naps and feeding time. You know, uh, same thing with toddlers. But as adolescents, when they're in school, 
you know, you have your morning time. Like what I did personally is I woke up extra early and I made everything in the morning, breakfast, lunch, and dinner was made in the morning. That was like my downtime wow. for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and when I say breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like it was literally like scrambled eggs, toast, sausage, bacon, whatever it was like, it was a legit cooked home cooked breakfast, but that was that, but that was wrapped up and they took it to go because I'm dropping them off before school. So they had their home cooked breakfast on the go. When they got there, they ate it. Um, I may, I also packed their lunch and dinner was, it was just thrown in a crock pot. So then this way, when we get home, it's already done. It's, it's in the crock pot, right? I know how that goes. Yep. <laughs> I'm the cook yeah. home, so crock pot, Instapot, love those things. Oh yeah. Instapot today. Now I'm telling you what I did today. I would definitely use the, the uh, pressure cooker before yeah, I would use the crock deal, pot. Yeah. Pressure cooker at the time using the uh, crock pot. Yeah. 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 That was the way to go. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was very methodical and in my schedule, I was literally, you know, dropping the kids off at six. I had to be at work by eight. If I needed to extend my lunch or do whatever I needed to do, then that's what I did to go either to the courthouse or go to, you know, stand in line for assistance or whatever help I needed. Um, you know, I, I would take, I would take a, a 45 minute nap in the car if I needed to. I mean, I found a way because six to five, six to six to six is primarily where the before and after school programs that that's the timing for it. Daycares as well after school, after school and daycares. So I'm not saying that I was that mom that dropped them off at six and picked them up at six, but there was a lot of times I did because I had so much to do. And I rather my kids stay in an environment where there's other kids, where there's structure, where there's not, they're not going to get yelled at for playing or laughing or having fun, enjoying themselves, <laughs> dealing with my drama. Right. And when you take time for yourself, it, it sounds selfish. It, it, now, if you're going off and just leaving your kids and like going on a vacation, but if you take like one of these many moments, like take for like for cooking, for me, cooking was relaxing. I could go in and cook and I just kind of put aside the the work uh, that, that I had done that day, the job and everything. And I would just kind of let my mind go and just relax and cook. And to me, that was a dead moment. And I'm kind of getting that feeling from you, but whatever it is, whether it's cooking, 45 minute nap, taking maybe a half hour to read, there, there'd be some times when I would tell my wife and said, you know, take a book, take you, go to Starbucks, Go whatever, disappear for yeah. an hour, hour, 45 minutes. I got the eggs, the penguin and the eggs still. Okay. So, you know, you know, the penguins, the dad will go off and eat and everything, come back, and the, the egg will be placed on his foot. And my mom will go out and she'll eat and everything. So, we will say, hey, I got the eggs. You go do, you go do you because she had to have that time to recharge and she would do the same for me. Uh, but man, as a single mom, you, you've got to, it seems like you've got to find that place. Listen, you, you can recharge. Yeah. And, you and sometimes, you recharge or repent. Cause you get too tired. You go do something <laughs> foolish things that you shouldn't do. Or, oh, yeah, or no. just wear yourself down. 
to wait. Yeah, do not jeopardize your safety and well-being clowning because especially if you're what your kids rely on. You mm-hmm. cannot that that's 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 just nonsense. You have to be well, responsible. I love that recharge because your kids are relying on you. And yeah, that's you need right. To be at the top of your game, so you got to recharge. That's right. And there's times where listen, if I don't know how many people drive in their car in complete silence, but I'm one of them because noise is around me all the other time. The only place I have silence is if I'm in the car without the radio on. So you know, obviously when I drop the kids off and I'm on my way to, you know, work or school, the radio's off. Uh, if the kids fall asleep in the car, well, guess what? Now the radio's off too. (laughs) And maybe we're just not going to get out of the car. There was times where I drove extra, like aimlessly just because it was quiet and the kids were with me because they were sleeping in the car, you know, they had a long day at school and they're tired. Um, also, after the kids go to sleep, take a take a long, nice bubble bath. Do the Calgon take me away thing. I know I'm outdating <laughs> myself with that. But seriously, you know, get get the nail file. Do your nails while you're taking a bath. Paint them. Do, do whatever. Do some self-love and some self-care while the kids are knocked out. On the weekends, take them to the park, take them to feed ducks, take them to run around, compete with each other, whatever, put them in sports, run them ragged. So by seven o'clock PM, after you feed them and bathe them, they're tired and now you have the whole night to whatever you want to do, you know? I love that. And moms and dads, I hope that you hear her. Again, it's not selfish to take some time for yourself because We've said it multiple times here. If you don't recharge yourself, if you don't reset yourself, it's kind of hard to pour into your children when you have nothing in you to be able to pour into them. And they are your number one responsibility. So you have to recharge and don't let anybody put a guilt trip on you that's taking a little bit of time. Okay. Again, I'm not talking about like running off, taking a two or three day vacation and, and just leaving your kids just wherever. I'm talking about it. it, it Sister Garcia is talking about taking a half hour or a quiet car drive, whatever it is for you. Those little moments during the day, you'll be surprised at how those things can help you reset. And I'm going to add one major thing to that. You know, God's word is an awesome, awesome thing. And if you make make some time in, in your quiet time or wherever, just just read through his word because in his word you will find strength. And recharge. Go ahead. I'm like, oh, I want to piggyback on that so bad. So piggyback bad. on it, sister. Yes, because if you are if you read the word and you understand the word, you know that the Lord gave a commandment, a whole day of rest, a whole day of rest. You are supposed to rest. It is the only commandment that starts with the word remember because he was so, he is so perfect that he knew we would forget. He created the world in six days and on the seventh day you rest and he commanded for us to do the same thing. Remember. And so, you know, take it, take your time for yourself. There is nothing wrong with it. Hey, moms and dads, I want to throw one thing in, just being a retired peace officer and and everything. You're not alone. Uh, There are people out there that want to help you. There there are people out there, you may not know them yet, but trust me, 
Sister Garcia was by herself, and I, I know that she came across people who wanted to help her. Uh, on her website, be your credible self, go to it. There are some things there that will help you, but you do not have to be in this alone. There are local churches, and maybe you have to go one, two, three churches before you you, you find the one that's for you, uh, and that's going to be there for you and help you, but you do not have to be in this situation alone. No, and you will be so surprised how many people have gone through this mm-hmm. and want to and are willing to help and talk about it. And you're 100%. one of them. You are one of them. So tell my audience, when they come to your site, what will they see? What will they find that's going to help them become their credible self? So right now I'm working on my website and the first thing you will find when you get there is a mirror work exercise because you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say positive affirmations that you believe about yourself to yourself. And if you do not have a good relationship with the mirror, it is time that you start one. Amen. Amen. I love that. If it's nothing else, you know, you could do a quick little Google. What is the Lord? say about you about how how treasured how wonderful you are and there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole lot that god has to say about how awesome you are that you can get in front of that mirror just like sister garcia and repeat those truths because yeah. he's not a man that he would lie when he wrote when he gave us his word and and here's one one thing that i say to the believers is that if you know that you're his daughter and you believe in him, then you have to know in your bones you have the light and you have the strength because you belong to the Most High. I love it. I love it. Can't say it better than that. You belong to the Most High. So put on his armor and let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to be all right in the end. Hey, Sister Garcia, hey, thank you for being on my podcast. You have been a wonderful guest. And what you have today is is so, so timely, particularly in this month of October. Uh, right real quick before we hop off, tell my audience about, uh, you know, domestic violence and, and uh, it being domestic violence month for the month of October. Yes. So I was just awarded the other week from the IRS, my 501c3 status, which means that I am now a legitimate, a nonprofit organization. The name of the nonprofit is called Confronting Domestic Violence. The mission is to help real-time victims relocate for safety without leaving their personal belongings behind. And the vision is to change OSHA's already mandatory workplace violence policy and convert that into an actual program that includes domestic violence because almost 99% of Homicides that happen in a corporate setting is domestic violence spillover. Same thing for domestic violence. I mean, excuse me, same thing for workplace violence. It is minimally peer-to-peer. It is mostly domestic violence spillover. So right now what I'm doing is I am looking for, if you want to donate, please, by all means, go ahead. My website is confrontingdomestic.org, all spelled correctly. And I am really looking for moving companies or national moving companies. I'm looking for moving companies to align with this mission and support this mission to help people actually relocate 
for safety without having to leave their personal belongings behind, especially when they have children. Mm. Well, what about those? Because I know if you relocate, you also try to find uh, work or, or employment. Uh, is what you're going to be doing going to tap into that also? So uh, not my nonprofit specifically, but I am collaborating with two other nonprofits, one that does offer scholarships for career paths where you can start marketing yourself in, in as soon as three weeks and be ready to execute within eight. So that is phenomenal, um, especially if you're especially if your job is in helping you relocate or allowing you to stay within your um career path or your position when relocating. So that's always an option. And then I'm also working with another nonprofit organization that primarily works with foster kids who are in and out of the of the system. Um, but we have connected and she's going to help provide hypnotherapy to the people, the parents that are being relocated to prevent the cycle of going back. Well, you you got a lot of excellent tasks out there. I wish you well. May God have his hand on everything that you're doing and may it be fruitful and help out a lot of people way more than you even think that you're capable right now of handling. I mean, I want what you do to be overflowing. I want it to be national. Yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) Touches more people than you could have ever imagined that it would touch. And, you know, I'm, I'm believing that for you in his name right here, right now, because I can tell you being a cop, I have, I have been to too many domestic situations. Uh, They're never pleasant. It's one of the most dangerous times for a police officer. Anytime you go into a domestic situation and every time you go into one, it is tragedy in the making. And uh, you, you watch these lives and you see the, the awfulness of domestic violence. So look around October's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, There are a lot of ways that you can help. But if you want to help Sister Garcia, she needs help. And she's trying to help out uh, moms and single parent moms and and even those uh, occasional dads that are part of uh, or victims of domestic violence to try to help you become your credible self. And, uh, if you feel led to definitely reach out to her, help her out. And if you like more information because you're one of those moms or, or you're the victim of domestic violence, still reach out because she would love to talk to you. And that's it for this particular episode. So until next time, moms and dads, parents and guardians, God bless. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show. 
to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.